Oh, that's All weird right. now because usually it says recording starting and now it's recording in progress. I mean, you have my consent to record. It's fine. So just as a heads up, we may be interrupted at some point in time of me getting Burger King being delivered up to the bedroom by uh, my daughter. Which is a great use of child. Yep. She loves me forever because I got her snacks so she can watch uh, Minecraft stuff this afternoon. Evidently, it's like a monthly championship. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I esports sometimes. I know what the hip kids are doing. Welcome to Unfortunately Required Reading, uh, where uh, I don't want to talk about a separate piece. Yes, today is a separate piece by John Knowles, or if I have entitled it The Very Worst Suicide Squad Film. I mean, aren't all Suicide Squad films bad? I mean, realistically, I have heard that the newest one is fine. I don't care. The best one already exists and it's called Assault on Arkham. <laughs> I liked the most recent one, but I just like Margot Robbie a lot. So that's part of it. Oh, Tori, uh, have you heard the update to the guinea pig stand drama? No. So for, for those of the listeners who do not know what's going on with you fighting guinea pig people, would you uh, like to explain? No, but I will. <laughs> do you want to explain? The answer is no. Um, Two years ago, I wrote a blog post about a woman in England who has too many guinea pigs. Um, a year later, she found that post and shared it with her thousands and thousands of fans. Um, the drama had died down for a little while, but the update is uh, she shared my post again recently with a petition saying that she wants to stop bullies from bullying her because that's how bullying works is you make a petition saying to stop bullying me. And she linked my post in it, which she had no reason to do. She had actually reached out and apologized to me, had no reason to bring my name into this, but for some fucking reason she did. And I still don't really know why, but this is where my life is and I hate it. Uh, but the update that you will be interested in, Victoria, is that... Uh, I have started designing stickers based off of the mean things people have been saying about me in the comments. Are those in the store? They are in the store. <laughs> There's an entire collection. My favorite is the pastel shitty it one. There's bully and hater and drama queen and spoiled little girl. Oh, because you were concerned for the welfare of a bunch of animals that were- I wasn't, oh, no, no, no. I wasn't even concerned with their fucking welfare. I just said the crux of my post was that she spends a lot of time talking about how much drama there is. And I said, drama does not exist in a vacuum. Drama has to go two ways. Fuck you, bitch. My point has been proven a million times over. It has. That was the crux of my argument. I didn't even fucking say anything about the goddamn rats. I said, guinea pigs, woodland fucking creatures. I didn't say anything about the care of the animals. All I said was for drama to exist, it has to go two ways. There is no such thing as a one-sided beef. Point proving is salty hoe sorry point proven your salty hoe feels like the essence of this book though 
I mean, yes. So if you want to buy a sticker that says a mean thing that someone said to me on the internet with a guinea pig on it, because all of the designs except for shitty, it has a guinea pig, feel free to visit my Redbubble. Link will be in the descriptions. <sighs> Today in uh, one-sided beefs, <laughs> I'm just talking about Jean. I was about to say, fuck you. Um, I don't like this book. This is a, when, when Amanda and I talk about our least favorite books, this comes up on her list every time. And so for pain month, we figured that this was a a good addition. Yeah. We're doing pain month a little bit early because Baron Von Cheeseplate has reached out to me a multiplicity of times saying that he wants to be back on the show. Tori has acquiesced. So we're hoping to have Baron Von Cheeseplate back on the show in November which means that our normal anniversary pain month got moved up. Right. But that means Time is that a myth. November will be less painful, which is nice. Yeah, it's, we get to have a nice anniversary. <laughs> Yay. We get to have I a decided, pleasant. I'm not making you read Tolstoy for December, so. I mean, we have we really won in this entire endeavor? <laughs> Outside of Toni Morrison? That was pretty good. That what I mean Toni Morrison was quite oh, nice. Um, what can I think? Ursi, Ursi was good. That stuff. Yeah. My brain, my brain doesn't work right now. So for those of you who don't know me personally, which is good, work is insane right now because the Texas legislature made a bunch of changes without actually you know researching anything. That's normal. Um, so on top of the normal busy season that is September and October at my job, we have a bunch of other things that are added. So Mm -hmm. sleep, sleep is a dream. Um, I've been having the opposite issue where my psychiatrist put me on a medication for my insomnia and I enjoy it too much. That kind of sounds like magic though. I love and hate it simultaneously. Uh, I have to legally say I'm not a danger to myself and or others. I have not done anything that is outside of my prescription. Just, uh, So nobody hit the sad bitch button. Yeah, no one hit the sad bitch button. I'm within the limits of my prescription. But um, I have the option to take two uh, if I'm like particularly like having a hard time sleeping. My normal dose is like 1.5. Burger King achieved. Um, Burger King achieved. Thank you, baby. The last couple of nights I've been taking two because I've been tired. So uh, two leaves me very, very uh, like sleep hungover and tired so we're gonna go back to 1.5 as soon as possible because i like being able to function in the christian daylight getting up and moving around and being a human being and not just making like incoherent groaning noises and like hissing at children well i already do the hissing at children i was gonna say why would that stop it but say i already do a lot of the hissing at children uh we're not talking about this book uh you're drinking whatever you got from burger king as in the drink from Burger King. You weren't drinking Burger King. I, I mean, I kind of wish Burger King had alcohol. Um, so I'm eating an Impossible Burger because this book is impossible to enjoy. Um, no, that was a stretch. No, it's Tori, not impossible I'm, to enjoy. No, Tori, I, you know, I bought you all these nice things for our anniversary. I think I'm going to take them back to the store. Take them all back. So I'm to take them all back to the store. I got you. I got you so many cute things for our anniversary. I got you like, oh my God, hold on. I have them right here. You get to see one before our anniversary. Uh-oh, I'm scared. I got you the dead and breakfast. 
Oh, I love it because this is our gay uh, haunted house that we live in. We uh, I have a sign from like I think it was the first year that says um, "Welcome to our haunted farmhouse" that's hung up yes. in the the room where we normally record when there's not a freaking pandemic. This is true, and we haven't discussed a return strategy because Texas has decided that the pandemic isn't real. Oh, Texas. Oh, Texas. Um, which is a reminder at the top of the show, instead of at the end of the show, if you have not received your vaccine and you are physically able, you literally have no goddamn excuse. If you leave any excuse in the comments that isn't, I have a physical allergy to the vaccine, just know I will descend upon you like a fury. You are ruining everything. I also got another sign that's for me that says home of a spooky witch, one handsome devil, and they're ghoulish goblins. And I never really associated that with family. And I assumed that I was just all of these things and the cacti were my goblins. There you go. Like, I never read this as family, but I think I also zoomed in on one handsome devil and I was like me. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a disposable income and you only go to therapy once a month. Do not call my therapist. I'm fine. As I open up another Halloween thing. Are you ready for me to short story long this? No, your short story is longer than the fucking book. That is actually fair. So Gene Forrester, who is now an adult, is back at his school. Devin, the academy he attended as a teenager. He's here to confront a few places that made him into who he became, which is kind of a worthless adult. Anyway, these, quote, fearful sights are a set of marble stairs and an old tree. He starts to reminisce about school with his best friend and roommate, Phineas, a.k.a. Finney. And then we start the queer baiting. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the two kids, they go, suddenly we are back in the day. They're small mm-hmm. children. They have two different personalities. Jean is quiet and bookish and kind of an asshole, Finney is outgoing and athletic. They form what they call the super suicide of the summer season. So basically they're really stupid suicide squad. And to join, you have to jump into the Devon River from a very tall old tree. You know, dumb guy shit. Yes. Gene has a serious inferiority complex and he assumes that everyone is out to get him, especially his friend Finney, who he thinks is always trying to show him up. But Finney honestly has no idea that there's any beef. Mm-hmm. Gene starts a one-sided rivalry where he goes all out of his way to outdo Finney in academics because he thinks Finney is trying to outdo him in athletics. Mm-hmm. Finney and Gene are about to do their suicide summer jump when Gene's jealousy spikes. He shakes the branch they're standing on, causing Finney to fall and shatter his leg. Mm-hmm. Finney is then crippled and can no longer compete in sports, which is a huge blow, huge blow to his personality. Mm-hmm. Racked with guilt, Gene decides to try and be a better person and loses envy of his friend. He starts to tell Finney that it was his fault that he got hurt, but Finney has serious cognitive dissonance and doesn't believe that his friend would hurt him. And then he starts going, wait, that, that was bad. And he was very upset. And who wouldn't be because your friend literally tried to kill you. Mm -hmm. World War II becomes a very big deal as the U.S. enters the fray. Brinker Mm -hmm. Hadley and other students starts rallying everyone to help with the war effort and join if they can. Mm-hmm. One of Jean's friends, Leper Lapelier, joins the ski troops and is extremely traumatized about what he experiences. And just like, it becomes this whole thing where Jean is going, 
oh, well, you know, I kind of understand. And he's like, no, you don't freaking understand anything. And he's losing his mind. There's a whole sequence where he's at this guy's house and the guy's like losing it, but he's mm-hmm. too embarrassed to leave and ends up eating dinner with them. And it's like the most uncomfortable scene. So Brinker decides to take it upon himself to set up a show trial at the Golden Fleece Debating Society and accuses Gene flat out of trying to kill Finney. Finney sees the evidence and is like, oh yeah, he uh, really did try to effing kill me. This was yes. a mistake. No, it was not. So he tries to get away, falls down the stairs, rebreaks his injured leg. Finney at first tries to shrug off Gene's apologies in the hospital. He has to have surgery to have his leg reset. Finney does but forgives him for an impulsive action. And then Finney fucking dies when he's in an operation to set the bone in his leg. And mm-hmm. bone, because bone marrow goes into his bloodstream during the surgery, hits his heart. And that's why I have a panic attack every time I have to have surgery, especially when I had to have my broken ankle repaired like <laughs> years ago because of this stupid book. Anyway, Gene and Brinker join the Navy and the Coast Guard. Gene goes into a whole thing about people attack others to protect themselves from their insecurities that haunt them. Finney Mm -hmm. was the only one who knew and was truly honest and not out for himself. And he died. Yeah. So I remember reading this book in high school and being like, yeah, it's not that bad. It's short. It's sweet. We had to write an essay on it. Got an A on the essay. Thought that was pretty badass. But now rereading this book, I'm like, this is the most white milk toast male bullshit I've ever read. So that's how I, so honestly, okay, I know I've mentioned this on the show before, but high school reading was very, very weird to me. It actually like convinced me that I didn't like reading for a little while because every book that we read, I didn't like, or I didn't engage with in the way that I thought that I was supposed to. It turns out I had two things working against me, one being black and two being someone with trauma. So no, a lot of the books that we were made to read just didn't hit me the way that they really should have. So this book was one of the first that made me seriously question whether I liked reading or not, because I left just hating this book. I thought it was boring. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was like weirdly gay when it shouldn't be gay. And this is coming from me, a person who has made money writing the gay like I just thought it was dumb and I hated it and I still kind of hate it no I still actively hate it there's no kind of so we're gonna go into themes and symbols as I yeah there's a few that actually aren't on the outline I'm gonna go ahead and say uh I was busy this week so I will try to interject them when I can I'm gonna go ahead and start and let Tori eat uh with codependency because here's the thing that is a hell of a codependent relationship between gene and finney uh some might even call it homosexual but even if it's homosexual it can also be very very codependent um it is not typical for one to form an entire identity around another individual unless they are a serial killer i like the silence the pause there I was trying to let you eat. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was like, we're talking like Ted Bundy going after girls that look like the the woman that told him no. I was thinking more uh, Dahmer. There was a really, really good episode of uh, Kids Who Kill 
about him and it almost made me feel bad for him almost i mostly feel bad for that one victim he had who got out of the house and the police brought him back because they thought it was a gay lover's quarrel i'm sorry that's not funny but (laughs) the guy was literally naked and covered in blood and said please help me like that's not there was actually a more modern case where that happened like it was a bunch of gay men who were doing drugs and like oh and i'm gonna england no this is in the u.s oh yeah i mean there's more than where the guy was like dumping them on the side in the same park every time and this poor dog walker found two separate bodies is is that the secret to crime is to be gay and no one suspects us is that what they mean by be gay do crimes no (laughs) no that's not what they be no because it sounds like we get to fly under the radar for this one but i'm hearing is so do the victims as, as we've talked about before in what they consider to be lesser than yeah what, so. I, what i'm hearing is is that as a homosexual we get to do crime you're just gonna hear what you want to hear is that not what the patriarchy has done since patriarchy i'm just gonna eat this fry is that not what the patriarchy has done since patriarchy this fry is delicious people have rewritten the bible to make it racist yes sorry let gay people do crime so unfortunately required reading is not responsible for an increase of gay murder that has happened as a result of the show please please don't murder gay people thank you no gay people do not murder other people let's just not murder people how about that sure call it a crime of passion if you do though you'll get off really easy if you're white only or stand your ground if you have to if you have to do a murder and you're white just say stand your ground or crime of passion amanda van helsing is back as the best attorney so what ties back into this concept of codependency is this concept of toxic masculinity which oh really is this toxic masculinity what part there, there is part the part where finney is very open and tells gene that he's his best friend while they're sitting there having a beer which they should we're doing illegally and gene is super quiet because he doesn't want to look gay like straight up he does not want to look unmanly and finney's just being like hey we're super close we're buddies and he's just like uh there's the whole thing about how Gene feels like he has to be at this particular position. He has to be the best. He has to be at the top. He has to be in charge. And he thinks Finney is trying to destroy his, his techniques at this. And Finney has no idea what's going on because it's a power thing. Yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting is, is that you see that still in a lot of gay uh, romances, like mask for mask, you'll see that a lot. Um, there's a shocking amount of misogynistic and toxic masculinity undertones that run through the current of a lot of like gay relationships. There's also a lot of heteronormative aspects to it that are really, really inherently toxic. Like, oh, someone has to be the woman. It's like- that drives me crazy. <laughs> oh, it drives me absolutely batshit. Cause one, it's super heteronormative. And two, like, you know, what's really super fucking manly taking a dick (laughs) you know what's really fucking hard (laughs) having a cock in your ass that's not easy friend 
So if you're like 14 years old listening to this, turn it off now. <laughs> do we have any 14 year old listeners? I don't know. I don't think um, we do. There's also a little part where like Finney is wearing this emblem. Yes. And he's kind of walking around and Jean is like, you look like a fairy. Because he just can't have fun. Because he just... I think I know why I don't like this book is that it reminds me of like all of the gross boys in school that I never liked. It's just those gross boys in school. I hate it. It's like a soft Turner Diaries. And honestly, so there's a whole concept of like doubles in this book of like there's the Devon River, which is really nice. And then there's another river close by that's really gross. There's Finney's who is super athletic and masculine and gene who is very book focused but then turns into like kind of a psycho like kind of total psycho um there's like this quiet calm of the summers versus like the fall where they're all doing school stuff it's it's like it feels forced in a lot of places i don't know if know forced is the word it's it's that thing that i say all the time is you can feel an author who thinks they're being clever i think it's more of that when you can feel an author who is just like jerking themselves off thinking that they're being clever um if you want to see like doubles and stuff done better just literally read any tony morrison (laughs) yeah she does a lot of the same theming but like a million and a half times better just go just go read some Toni Morrison. Okay, thanks. Okay, I feel a little bit better because John Knowles is actually dead. Okay, cool. I was a little worried. What? Um, do you know that there was also another man named John Knowles who was an American guitarist and a man named Paul John Knowles who was an American serial killer? Sweet. You're welcome. Cool. <laughs> uh, so we've covered um, doubles and toxic masculinity. And we've covered codependency. I don't want to talk about how Finney's fall is like symbolic and shit. What I want to talk about is the question in the back of everyone's throat, which sounded a lot gayer than I expected. Um, Is this gay or not? I almost feel like I feel like it's not. Okay. But I also feel like there's almost that deep fear that you see a lot of times when you have like Republican senators who are making these big bills of about, oh, we can't allow homosexuality. We can't allow trans people to use bathrooms. We can't do this. And then they get caught having a gay affair. Yes. Where it's just that fear and anger in your gut where you're yes. like, no, like Gene Jean's responses are so terrifying. Like this book is actually kind of scary if you if you look at it and think about it. He literally sabotages his best friend to the point where he breaks his leg, like shatters it. Like it's a full-on injury. I remember being jealous of my friends and not doing anything that would cause them to have physical harm. Well, and okay, I can't believe I'm going to defend this book. It was an accident. Like, he may have been trying to do some fuckery, but he could not have foreseen that this was going to be the outcome, in all fairness. Um, 
but what i will say is it reminds me a lot of like dl culture or download culture in the gay community where it's like oh i'm not really gay i just need to do this so i you know because my wife won't do it and stuff like that and it's like mm, sus uh there's a lot of groups surrounding that that are fascinating to me like uh without getting too explicit there's lots of groups of men on the internet that love taking care of each other but refuse to call it gay because <laughs> those are the places amanda hangs out on the internet uh those are the places that i hide on the intertubes if we yeah. get really biblical and weird there's the whole concept of innocence versus knowledge as well until this leg break until they literally and it's another tree tie-in um until they experience that issue in the tree mm -hmm. they have a fairly innocent rivalry and then there's this whole and then like finney really finding out that gene did this to him it wasn't just like a minor flash and a forgiveness it was he did this to him he knew he was doing something um mm -hmm. And that's when Finney has his final fall and dies. Well, dies mm -hmm. after the surgery. Um, <clears throat> I've heard a lot of reviewers and critics who have read this book say that like he gave up because he realized that his concept of uh, of like love between him and his friend was false. Mm -hmm. And it was like getting that knowledge just finally killed him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This I don't want to give anyone in that novel that much power um sometimes people die well i will say the good news is this book is fairly short <laughs> i love that answer i'm sorry said by a true person who has no parents oh <laughs> sometimes people die sometimes people die i mean this i hate this book so much i'm gonna go ahead and say it's just like repressed gay that's all i'm gonna say i think it's just hella repressed gay like this was like some author working through some shit I think this is hella repressed gay. So uh, yes, normally when we do about the text and about the author, I find some really interesting stuff. Like when we were talking about uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, I found out he was married to a bunch of actresses. Well, not married, mm -hmm. he dated a bunch of and was married to an actress. Mm -hmm. I found out a lot of issues that he had with publishing and people getting rid of his book mm -hmm. this is the literal most boring biography i have found really yeah i was really surprised so he's born into a wealthy family in west virginia when he's a kid mm -hmm. well, obviously when he's a kid um he used to read the saturday evening post with his parents and would brag he could write stories just as well as those guys Mm -hmm. um he attends the philip phillips exeter academy which a lot of critics think is just devon in a thinly veiled representation no devon is is that which okay i mean we we see that time and time again mm -hmm. he spent eight months in the u.s army because he joined right at the end of world war ii so that's when he got out of school he ended mm -hmm. up going to yale wrote stories for the yale record he published his novel this is his first novel in 1959 it originated from a short story called Phineas that he published in Cosmopolitan in 1956, which, I mean, I guess that was back before all the sex quizzes. Um, sure. Like, 
very general progression, published a bunch more novels. Nothing ever reached the same heights as a separate piece. Mm -hmm. He was a friend of Robert F. Kennedy. Uh, He won the Penn Faulkner Award for fiction, the Rosenthal Award, the National Institute of Arts and Letters. And then he died in 2001. Yeah. Like, I was having a really hard time finding any drama. Yeah, I mean, he's a typical wasp, which is annoying. And I think that may be why we have a hard time with this book is because it's aggressively waspy. It's very waspy. He's at a school that you can go to if you're wealthy. You he already has a ton of advantages. He and Finney both. Mm -hmm. Um, War is before his friend goes is seen as this great the way to like raise yourself up, which we see time and time again in war novels of like. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to join because then I can build up my career and, you know, mm-hmm. use this going forward, kind of like the whole Alexander Hamilton thing. Um, and it's, it's this kind of foreign world, you know, well, you, you get the image that he didn't have, like, you know, that he struggled in war, you know, that he spent time as a writer, but you also yeah. know that he came from a family where if something went wrong, he had someone to back him up. That's true. I don't know. It's kind of funny to me because I had this discussion on another show with a person that I shall not discuss because I'm a petty ass bitch. Um, we were reading A Boy's Love about like a similar waspy couple of individuals and she had a huge problem with it and I didn't because realistically for a black person, I'm about as close to waspy as they get. I come from a long line of debutantes, a long line of historically black colleges and universities, long line of aka you know we've always been pretty middle class upper middle class so i'm about as waspy as waspy gets for black people so it isn't so much that he's aggressively waspy it's just that it's boring i can relate to wasp because i have an easier time relating to wasps than i do oh and we lived in a one-room shack with our dirt floors and all 13 of us shared a single latrine I relate much more to Wasp than that. What I loved in doing research for this episode was I found an episode of Thug Notes on YouTube and there is a whole, he goes through the whole thing and, you know, he's very into it. And when you scroll through the comments, there was just a comment that said, so this whole book is about a guy who breaks his leg and dies. Yeah. That's the book. That's it. Like there are parts where- they try to talk about World War II and how destructive war is and how destructive nationalism is, but it's so limited that- It's buried underneath a bunch of stuff about a guy having a gay crisis. It's bizarre. Like, I, and it's one of those things where it's like, I know there's a movie, but I was not going to pay $3.99 to watch the movie. No, not at all. That's not happening. Because that kid falls and breaks his leg. I was going to say, we can watch that outside, but that has the connotation of, like, me in a tree knocking children off of ledges. I just have this image of you standing by a tree with a stick, and you're just, like, shaking it. Jump! Jump! Jump, nerd! Just... Because, yes, I am the childhood bully that none of you remember. Also, I need you to appreciate that in Animal Crossing, I crafted four graves 
And to set them out, I dressed in a traditional shrine maiden outfit. Like I changed clothes to set out graves in Animal Crossing. That's kind of fantastic. Yeah, Animal Crossing has still taken over my entire life. Um, don't tell me how to live, literally anyone. So the yes. question everyone asks, did we have to read this in school? Yes, and fuck you, Miss Peach, for making me read this horrible, horrible book. I feel so bad for you because every time we talk about a book you absolutely hated, it was with Miss Peach's class. Miss Peach, that rotted cunt. She wow. might be dead. She might be dead. I just realized, oh no, I hope she's not dead. Her spirit is like circling your house. Get out the eggshells, get out the brick dust. There's, no, I, if it also if she's if she is circling just my house, that means that I had a strong enough whole thing with her that out of all the shitty students in her class, that I was the one. You know what? It's weird. Now that you mention it, I had some pretty decent English teachers, except for that one. Miss Cochran was great. Mr. Wood was great. College was fine. Dr. Hester was amazing. I just, so it's really funny. I was sitting here going, I, I read this in 10th grade English. Yes. Um, my teacher, Miss K was awesome. And she actually saved my paper because I had got an A on it. She was like, this is an example of what I want people to do, mm-hmm. which unfortunately I think fueled my ego a little bit. Um, yes. I was going to be like, you know, she's not the one who, who set the curriculum in this particular case. And then I remember my like freshman year teacher basically throwing out half of the books we were supposed to read because I had other friends in a different honors English class and they were going, you guys didn't have to read this. And I said, no, we read Mm -hmm. Romeo and Juliet. They're like, so did we. And they're like, to the point where he would like skip books that he didn't feel that we had to read. Okay. But you were still in California, right? Yeah. Okay. So my experience with English was much different because we had state testing that was garbage and had most of our professors and teachers by the fucking balls. So Uh there were a lot of like Mr. Wood, especially that was my junior year teacher. I have very vivid memories of him being like, well, we would be reading this, but we have to study for the tax test. Oh, it's the stupidest test. I forget what they call it now, but it's like, isn't it star? It's like star testing or something, but like my, I, I watch my daughter be like, yeah, I gotta go take this standardized test for four days. I don't know if they'll do it under new school or not, but it's, and it's so funny because it's like right now, the curriculum that she's reading in school is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The books that they're reading, they're reading like I am Malala. They're reading, um, they read holes. They're reading, um, a book called fly girl. Like they're very inclusive. Mm-hmm. They don't just choose white male authors. They choose a whole plethora of different types of people. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time my daughter has come home from school and been like, I want to read. She actually talked to me the other day. She goes, can we go to the bookstore? Can we do this? And then she looks at me and she goes, I want to read something gay. And I'm like, okay. I go, do you have an opposition to like witch books? And she goes, no. So I got her, uh, these witches don't burn, yes. which is really fun um and it's it's one of those things i'm sure there's somebody listening right now going you are corrupting a youth 
I asked every parent in our little posse if it was okay first. Okay. Who, who, who in our listener group would do that though? Pretty sure that anybody who would say that actually at this point has either stopped listening based on our- I was about to say, who in our fucking- No, absolutely not. There is not a single listener who's made it this far that is saying that. Also, I'm very proud of our little bean. Uh, we should go to the bookseller. We should. Are they back open? I think so. Oh, so if y'all haven't heard about us talk about this before, the bookseller is a basement sale at the main no, it's still closed. San Antonio library. It's still closed. Dang. I think it's still closed, but it's amazing. Like you can go in there and spend like 20 bucks and leave with like three giant bags full of books, which I think I'm finally just. Oh, well, according like- to the f- words I was going to say, according to the Facebook uh, they're open again Yay! and they're looking for volunteers we should take her should lose her mind just give her a $20 bill and watch her go crazy give me a $20 bill and watch me go crazy <laughs> am I adopting you? <laughs> no please don't <laughs> not that I don't think that you're a good mom that is not the implication I just oh, I didn't take it that way I'm covering my ass for listeners um, the implication was not that I don't think you'd be a good parent. I've actually tangent. Uh, one of my current bosses has like very, very severe dad energy. And at first it was like kind of triggering and off-putting and I couldn't really place why. And it's like, oh, because I haven't had a dad in like 20 years. So I don't really know like what to do with dad energy. Where it's like, oh, you know, your car is parked a little close. You know, would you mind moving it? And it's like, that's just such a dad move. And I'm like, fuck you, man. Don't tell me how to live. Pow, 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 middle fingers. And it's like, I just haven't had a dad in so long that my body doesn't know what to do with that. So it defaults to anger. My brain was like, did you just somebody tell you to move your car? And you were like, gang, gang, pretty much. Like, obviously I didn't say anything out loud because I'd lose my job instantly, but it's like my, my brain's reaction was such visceral anger. And then it's like, oh, I don't have a dad. That's why I don't deal with this shit. I haven't had to deal with this. And like next year will be 20 years. Damn. Right. Next year will be 20 years since I've had a father. I haven't had to deal with that shit. So when he's like, you know, hey guys, just remember to turn the air conditioning down when you leave. It's like, fuck you. I switched to water because I'm trying to be a healthier person. I'm just kidding. I also put a lot of alcohol in this coffee. So one of the weird things I've noticed with my job Mm -hmm. is that they talk to me like a middle-aged woman. And then I realized that's because I'm almost a middle-aged woman. Um, which kind of blows my mind because I still think I'm like 17 half the time and then I try to run and then I hurt myself and I go oh wait no I don't have that body anymore what's running right (laughs) 96 degrees outside just just don't do it it's not worth it oh my god I went to the mall today and I had to go pick up an order at hot topic if you want to feel very old go into a hot topic so that's where my kid always wants to go and I'm like, She's not allowed. I'm like, their clothes are cheaply made. And then I'm like, oh my God, that just came well, out of my mouth. And it's worse for me because one, I used to work at a Hot Topic approximately a thousand years ago. 
And two, I still know all the references. It's not like I don't get what's going on. It's that I get what's going on and I hate it. Like, I know all the animus that are there. I know all the references. I still know most of the bands on the wall because they sure haven't updated that in 20 fucking years. Like, Although, kids are, yes. here's the thing. Yes. Those shirts were like our active bands when we were younger. Now Nine Inch Nails, like, oh. I've heard that on Classic Rock. That hurt what, me a little. What the hell? What the hell? That hurt me a little bit. Trent Reznor has children. He goes to uh, back to school night. Like, I my brain can't compute. But it isn't this what we compute. always wanted? I mean, for us individually. Yeah. I mean, I'm very happy for him, honestly. Yeah, like, same. I, I don't want to take over. He's got a good life. He's do- doing incredible work with soundtracks and producing new artists and doing all sorts of stuff. So know that that is well done. And uh, yes. having his life together and all that. But I mean, like, I remember having a poster of him in a cage wearing all leather on my ceiling. And my mom yeah. like, do we have to have that up? Do, yes. do we have to have that up? Me being like, why? He's just fighting against the system, mom. Oh, also, um, happy Batman Day. Happy Batman Day. I haven't posted anything on Fangirl Nation about it. We'll get there. Uh, there's a quiz that I saw that it's who's the best Batman, and it's just Kevin Conroy four different times. <laughs> <laughs> because, yes, who's the best Batman? If your answer is anything but Kevin Conroy, you're a whore and a liar. I just remember I used to be friends with this uh, group of cosplayers that were like hardcore, like on realistic Batman costumes and stuff like that and one of them used to always talk about Val Kilmer's bat nipples okay I love Val Kilmer as Batman I think he's criminally underrated but I just thought it was so funny because there was always a debate of whether he was going to wear the costume with the bat nipples or without the bat nipples and I was like Mm -hmm. if this is the hardest thing in your life you are so lucky yes if this is the most complicated thing in your entire life. Also, I disagree with this post. It says a villain doesn't have to be complex or sympathetic or even three-dimensional to be good. And they have a Darla Dimple from Cats Can't from Cats Don't Dance, which I think is a movie that only me and you have ever watched. I mean, I feel like I watched it a long time ago, but I don't really remember it. I still vividly remember every part of Cats Don't Dance because I liked it a lot as a child and I still do. Um, and they're saying that Darla Dimple isn't complex or sympathetic. She's literally an evil version of Shirley Temple who is trying to sabotage these animal actors, which are a vaguely veiled reference to black actors and the racism that came with integration. We're not gonna talk about that because I don't have time. She was incredibly complex. Like she was literally sabotaging actors of color essentially so she could maintain her you know, hold on society. And she was really sympathetic because she's not actually a child. She's like an unaging gremlin demon creature. She's very complex. And Gaston is super complex. Fucking all the villains that they have listed here are really complex. I think this person's just an idiot. Sorry. Hi. It's all good. Well, it's it's something that's very similar. We have this fascination with 
villains like serial killer villains who are very intelligent plotting and calculating but that's not the reality the reality is most of the time they're not very intelligent they don't test well on iq tests um a lot of times but iq is not a reliable show of intelligence huh what is iq is not a reliable show of intelligence and was created by eugenicists that's fair um but like well yeah because it's true that's not but I mean, like they, they found that because we have this whole concept, thanks to like Hannibal Lecter and stuff like that, where we're like, oh, you know, clearly they must be able to come up with these calculated plans and teach the guy in the next cell to swallow his own tongue. So he dies. And it's like, um, I know a bunch of stories about cult leaders where they're not necessarily smart. They're just very good at conning people. David Koresh. Keith Raniere. James. Uh, Jim Jones. Jim Jones. That one dude from Japan. Oh, um, Ishan Rikyo. Yeah. This this is the hard thing is we were joking about something the other night, and they said something. Oh yeah, that kind of reminds me of a cult. And Mark looks at me and he goes, "Well, you'd be the expert on that, wouldn't you?" <laughs> Thank you. It's like rude, but not false. Uh, so we've not talked about the book for several several minutes. Um. Which is fun by me because I don't like this book. But we have answered the uh, all-important question. We did have to read this in school, and uh, it sounds like neither of us liked it. Uh, Tori, do we have some resources for the lovely people out there? We do. We pulled some stuff from Thug Notes, Wikipedia, Spark Notes. Um, reread the book. Mm. It's just, it was one of those Go. things where we read it, and I just kind of went, "Go read better okay. books." So speaking of reading more interesting fare, do you want to tell them what our next book is for Halloween month? Yes, we're we're, uh, creeping into Saw 1 and Halloween month. Uh, We're reading Spooky Hollow by Washington Irving. I am very excited. There is a Wishbone episode about this because now we only do episodes that are based on, that have Wishbone episodes about it. We wish. The rest of our books. I know I wish. So Uh, we had actually... So this is this is something so, uh, so you can see the inside of the process of us picking books. Yes. Is I had listed a bunch of like kind of obscure stuff that I was like, oh yeah, we're here. And Amanda goes, well, I mean, we could always just do Sleepy Hollow. And I'm like, she goes, we tend to ignore the uh, very clear option right in front of us. We do. It's so hilarious that it's like, Tori will list these like obscure ass books that I'm sure are required reading for like some poor Soviet children in the 1800s. And then it's like, how about this literally very popular book that has existed forever and I know we both had to read. And it also helps me do my seasonal rewatch of the Tim Burton movie. No. And I get to talk about real death. That's kind of fun. So and I have to work on a I have to work on a Halloween costume. Oh yeah, I was gonna so be the goddess Hell from a Norse mythology. I'm going to maintain my theme of Disney villains. Yes, very excited. Okay, so we are all over social media. We We're are unfortunately required reading on Facebook, which has kind of turned into a Sparknote Stan account. It has. Uh, unfortunately, RR on Twitter. Unfortunately, yes. required on Instagram. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. requiredreading.com. Mm-hmm. And if you just want to uh, send us an email, we're at unfortunately required reading at gmail.com. Yes. 
Um, if you would like to contribute to the podcast uh, monetarily, you may do so at anchor.fm slash unfortunately required reading. Your uh, financial patronage is not mandatory, but is greatly appreciated. This is where we thank our financial patrons. Uh, it is with your continued support that we are allowed to keep the metaphorical lights on and make donations and in the name of the Mothman that made Tori laugh out loud and got me a very, very nice gift from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. I just get Thanks. this message that says, hey, I got a present from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. And I'm like, what is it? It's a microfiber glass. Uh, it's a microfiber cloth for cleaning glasses, which is still greatly appreciated. Thank you, St. Vincent de Paul Society. And thank you, Mothman. Thanks, Mothman. Yeah, we like gotta find donation. We gotta find our next donation. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you have um oh, you can always donate to Say Cam here in San Antonio. Which one is it? The African American Archive. That'd be cool. Yeah. Let's donate to Say Cam. Okay. Say Cam, reach out. Just kidding. I know one of the coordinators there. <laughs> All right, y'all. I hope you have a great week. Um, we're going to start reading Sleepy Hollow and yeah. watching a bunch of movies. Yeah. Um, as always, the pandemic is not over just because you're over it. Um, I know it's been a hard and trying time as we approach uh, two years of this, at this stage, frankly, bullshit. Our governor is a goddamn idiot. I don't disagree. <laughs> Our governor is a goddamn idiot. Uh, lovingly ignore him in all of his lies our senator is an even bigger goddamn fucking bell end ignore him in all of his lies um it took us over 10 years and we finally have canonical appearances for uh, cecil and carlos from welcome to night vale and all is truly right with the world uh get vaccinated if not i will hunt you down like a revenant and for the rest of us stay safe stay informed but most importantly stay yourself Good night.